These days, it seems like everyone has an opinion on what it means to be a man. And so many questions about gender roles. Is masculinity toxic? Where are the real men? Does the Bible have anything to say about it? Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody. It's Andrew, and I've got Lakeith here with me. What up, Drew? Hey, man. We're holding it down this week. No. We do not have Abigail with us. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a man, biblical masculinity. And I'm excited about uh, chatting about that with uh, Lakeith. But first, if uh, you're new to this channel, we make videos and create resources to help you be a disciple and make disciples in the 21st century. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure that you subscribe and click the notification bell. That way you never miss out. All right, Keith, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Be strong. Yeah. Why, why is it important? Why do we want to talk about biblical masculinity on today's show? Yeah, I think it's just something that's dismissed. And um, our uh, producer, Zach, has some great points that we either go on one of, one of the two extremes, like we go way too far on this side when it comes to masculinity, or we just completely dismiss it and don't even talk about it as if God doesn't want us to act like men, you know? So today we're going to be really going into it and sharing our thoughts on what it means to to be a man and act like a man in the 21st century. Yeah, we were uh, we were looking at some quotes in prep for the show, and uh, one of them is from a book, Wild at Heart, which probably a lot of our listeners have heard of or maybe even read. Um, but he had a quote in there where he said, it's, it's not so much that there's an attack on masculinity in our modern time as much as it's just completely dismissed. And I don't know if I would completely agree with that. I, I do think that there is a concerted effort to, to minimize the differences between men and women um, in our modern times and certainly in our society and our, our culture here in the United States. Um, there's, there's a concerted effort to minimize masculinity or maybe you could say just try to strip away the differences or to deny that there are significant differences between men and women. So, But there's also a lot of confusion and mm -hmm. I think for many young men as they're they're coming into adulthood um there are some big questions about what does it mean to be a man is it even appropriate to try to pursue becoming more masculine right you know we, we hear about things like uh, toxic masculinity i don't know if you yeah that's a big one that's kind of <laughs> trending these days which i think there's some validity to it but yeah i've definitely heard it used and i'm like uh don't know how much i agree with that but uh <laughs> Yeah, so so why why do we think this is important to talk about? Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's who God made us. You know, God made a man first, and He gave him His mission, and I think He wanted him to go out and uh, to do that mission. So we're we're going back to the beginning. You know, like this is uh, what was on God's heart. But you also see that God uh, didn't allow men to be alone. You know, and I think that's the part we want to touch on too. That it's not just. Uh, you going into staying alone and trying to to be a man and all independent and conquer the world by yourself, you know. But uh, there is a healthy way of go about going about it, and yeah, I'm encouraged to talk about that today. So, yeah, maybe this is one of the more controversial aspects of of traditional Christian faith in 
in modern society is this belief that there are specific roles and purposes that God has for men and women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we really, as followers of Jesus, as people who believe that the scriptures are inspired by God, the word of God, and our ultimate source of truth and guidance when it comes to life issues and even topics like this, uh, what is my role as a man? Um, we, we look to scriptures as, as God's revelation. And I think uh, a lot of society today has rejected that, yeah. that, that they're not looking for revelation from God in order to, to try to find out um, how they should live or what these roles should be. Right. So they might look to, to, to culture. Yeah, for sure. You know, they might look to um, just uh, their ideas of science, what makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we go all the way back to the very beginning of scriptures in Genesis, and you see um, God creating men and women. There's an order to creation, and there are there are roles that God wants us to to play out mm -hmm. as men and as women. So, um, yeah. Anything else about the importance of this topic? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's the big idea about it. You know, that it's something that's. Uh, culturally relevant like this is going on today in our society but it's always been uh something that's been a part of our history when it comes to god and what he wants from men so i think uh, we want to speak to those guys who are struggling with that and and even for ourselves you know as we discover more about masculinity in a biblical sense uh i think this topic is important because it's relevant today especially um when there's so much lack of leadership you know and not calling anybody out just saying that hey we need uh, men to rise up and lead the way that God wants them to. Yeah. Yeah. As we were uh, prepping for the show um, over the weekend, you know, I guess another thought that we have, why it's important to talk about is because I think traditionally in our culture and our, our society, you know, there have been forces that have, that have shaped um, boys and young adolescents into men. Uh, and traditionally those have been structures like uh, the family, you know, mm -hmm. that if th there's a father, there are strong male figures, uncles, grandparents, uh, grandfathers that are there that, that this young, that this young boy can look to as, as a model and as, as for guidance as he becomes a man. And of course, that's, that's something that has, has largely deteriorated in our society. I would say over the past uh, 50 to 70 years that there are fewer and fewer families and even families that do stick together there are fewer and fewer fathers who are actively involved in um, in their their sons' lives, mm -hmm. and then I do think that there's a pretty big push among um, higher academics and Hollywood to to actively come against this idea of differences between the sexes, between uh, men and women. I, you know, I was just watching. Um, uh, what is it? Avengers Endgame? What, what's the, oh, yeah. what's the very last movie? You're right. Avengers Endgame. Which thing are you talking about, bro? What happened? Oh, there's, there's, you know, every, it, it feels like every movie now, there's got to be a scene where, I, I think it was where Captain Marvel has got to, oh. she's got to get the football to, um, to somewhere. I can't even remember. Yeah. But anyways, it's like, hey, you know, um, 
five or six other female superheroes kind of line up like, hey, she's got help. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just a small thing, but it's it's sort of like there's a concerted purpose. Like that scene didn't happen by accident. Right, there's, true. There's a very true. purposeful point that's being made that, hey, women can do anything that men can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the short of it is that women were never meant to do everything that men can do hmm. uh, and vice versa. There are obviously things that, that women bring to our world and our society and, and the family that men cannot and, and should not. So, um, yeah, we're going to dive into it and talk about, you know, given everything that's going on today, how can we as men reclaim biblical masculinity? Mm-hmm. How can we pass that on? Those of us who are fathers, how can we pass that on to our sons, especially? How can we help our, our daughters know how to look for godly men? And uh, for those of us who are actively making disciples, you know, how can we pass that on to a generation who may not have those influences and who've probably been influenced more by Hollywood and mm-hmm. and the prevailing culture than yeah. what the scriptures say mm-hmm. about men? So that's where we're going today, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And uh, shout out to Abigail. She's not here today. She's on vacation, spending some time with the family, which is awesome. But she's been running the blog for a while. We, me and Andrew actually just did an article on manliness so uh, i'm excited about that to see how it comes out yep i think andrew's a way better writer writer than i am but uh it was neat to hear our thoughts on uh manliness and this uh topic so yeah i'm excited to go a little bit deeper but for those of you who uh who know what we're about and know what we're trying to do like obviously we're a little bit into the podcast already but we haven't mentioned jesus you know like the fact that he is our model and that uh I don't think he wore the title the son of man so proudly without a reason you know so ultimately he is our guide on manliness and what it means to to lead other men to submit to god and to uh yeah to engage in culture as an ambassador of god uh i think he is our guide so uh yeah don't think we're not uh going back to jesus on this one because we are like we know that he is a source so yeah and that's probably a good transition point we wanted to share what some of our favorite scriptures are Mm -hmm on on manliness uh becoming a godly man and you know one that that you remind me of just by that is is in luke 2 52 it talks about how jesus as a youth increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with god and men and it's um it's been said that there's really four areas of growth that you see in jesus there Hmm. he that he increased in wisdom um, which would be, you know, his his mental mm-hmm. capacity, his intellect, that that was something that he was growing in. Um, he also increased in stature, physical, uh, his physical growth, and then in favor with God, his spiritual life, and with men, his social life. Um, so I think those are four great areas for us to yeah. think about as men, like, and the idea that he was increasing, that, in fact, that may be, at the heart of what it means to be a man, I think, mm-hmm. is to to cultivate growth and to bring order uh, to the world. But ultimately, you start with yourself. And so, when Jesus, uh, when when God put Adam in the garden, that was His job. He he, he put Adam into the middle of a, an entire world that had mm-hmm. been created, and then uh, called him to cultivate it, to cultivate the garden, to bring order, and to uh, to cultivate life. So. What about you? What What are some favorite verses that you have, either from the life of Jesus mm-hmm. or just from scriptures in general, that give you direction as a, as a man? 
Yeah, I think uh, it was actually something you shared several years ago at a Bible study, but it was Proverbs 18.1, and it says, uh, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound wisdom. And uh, yeah, I think that's true. I think we almost want to be, uh, you know, we live in a very individualistic type culture society where uh, it's, it's almost me, myself, and I, you know, and if I'm going to uh, make it in life. I'm the captain of my own ship. I got to go for it. So, uh, I think, um, yeah, you want to be able to function on your own, but at the same time, like we don't want to isolate ourselves. Like Jesus always sent the disciples out two by two, you know, and, uh, even when it comes to the most, uh, solo man we have in culture, which I think is Han Solo. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's in his name, you know, his name is Han Solo, like meaning he was, he was going to be on his own. He's a, mm. He's a lone wolf, but he had Chewbacca, man. Like, he had Chewbacca. Uh, there was no Han Solo without Chewbacca, you know. And when it came to, like, I guess, developing Star Wars, you see this connection that they have. And even when one of them passed, it was very emotional. So, yeah, like, I don't think men's, we're not, we're not meant to be alone. So uh, when it comes to masculinity, it's almost accepting the fact that we need each other. Like, we're uh, having a pack mentality where it's not just... Uh, I'm the lone wolf, you know, and I'm going for it. Uh, but Jesus always had his disciples in pairs. Like he never sent them out uh, by themselves, you know. So just thinking about that, just who are the men in your life that are going to encourage you, that are going to push you? Like those four points you brought up, Andrew, I think are really good about how Jesus grew. Because you do have to grow in favor with man and obviously with God. But you need your brothers to do that. So, uh, yeah, find your Chewbacca or find your uh, <laughs> find the guys that are going to help you you know, attain those goals that are going to push you beyond where you can push yourself. I think that's a big one that needs to be mentioned. So, Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. We didn't talk about this, but what, what are some of, I guess, the misconceptions or, you know, I guess the cliches about this is what it means to be a man that really aren't true. I think that's one of them mm -hmm, that, you just, sure. that you just identified, which is that, um, you know, a strong man is able to go it alone. He doesn't mm -hmm. need anybody. He doesn't mm -hmm. need... He doesn't need a, a woman. He doesn't need other other friends or other guys. Like mm -hmm. he's able to just be the the master of his own destiny. Um, you know, are there are there other cliches that that we can think of that oh, yeah. that aren't really true? Oh but... yeah, oh yeah, for sure, bro. So even around a house, like uh, you know, being married just for a little while, I think uh, I think there's always a joke of you know women like do this and do that at the house, you know. But just for me personally, like I enjoy cleaning you know i enjoying i enjoy like sharing that load with her so when it comes to laundry or dishes like i'm not like um i, I, de I definitely know in my house growing up my grandfather didn't touch dishes he didn't touch hmm. chores were not a thing in the house you know like he fixed things but he did not engage in the daily you know chores or laundry like my grandmother had it on lock but i think for me personally like hmm. i think uh, a part of my uh, role that i'm seeing is that man it's okay to back up my wife and that you know area because that gives her more time to to focus on the kids to teach them like if we're sharing that load then um yeah she doesn't have to go at it alone you know and uh this one's kind of funny but i'm not super handy 
And uh, my wife is pretty handy. She's pretty good with tools and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll let her go at some of these projects, but then sometimes I have to kick her out the way, you know. But <laughs> the point is, like, uh, yeah, like it's not, it's not like, hey, just, yeah. When it comes biblically speaking, like as a man, like there are certain things that God, like being this, the spiritual leader of my house, like that's a non-negotiable, you know. But when it comes right. to the, the little minuscule things around the house that culture says that hey, you have to do this, I think it's worth mm -hmm. evaluating uh, how you work as a family unit and uh, going at it that way versus uh, making these things like this is biblical truth because it's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that I know. I think it's a good one, like um, helping out around the house and. And, and being handy. I mean, I, I think another one is the, the tough guy persona. Mm -hmm. Like what does it really, what does toughness really mean? What does it involve? And so a lot of times when, when guys, actually I, to me, it's almost always a sign of insecurity. If a guy is like trying too hard to be tough or, you know, dropping F-bombs every other, every other <laughs> word, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're trying too hard, you know, mm -hmm. like to, to, to have control over yourself yeah. and have that quiet confidence is, is a much better indicator mm -hmm. that you've found your masculinity than that you're still searching for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, not being able to to be, to say a kind word, you know, to right. have that tough guy image, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of a, it's actually a sign of insecurity a lot of times. Um, so, well, well what, um, let's, let's maybe get a little personal here. You talked about your grandfather. Mm -hmm. What um, What were some of the, forces that shaped your life, you know, growing up around your ideas, you know, your grandfather's probably one of those. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, maybe my uncles, um, like you talked about that tough guy persona. I think everybody, at least where I was from, had that. And, uh, it almost felt like you had to have that to be considered a man. Um, yeah. And I do think there's places where, you know, uh, that kind of masculinity does come in handy where you know, God is calling us to protect our family and to, to mm -hmm. look out for others and to, yeah, to combat evil, to confront evil. Uh, and remind me, Andrew, I got a counter question for you too, but, uh, right. yeah, throw, throw you a curveball real quick too. All but, right. um, so yeah, a lot of my uncles, my big cousin, Robert, he, uh, displayed a lot of those things. And I think also, uh, where I will say masculinity can get a little bit of tox. It can be toxic to where, we were really pushed to uh, chase girls and to, you know, almost conquer to where I was like, man, like, if you want to be a man, this is what you should be doing, you know? Right. And like, right. uh, I do think that part is toxic because it's hard to escape that once you go down that path and, uh, yeah, you give your life over to that, that takes years to, you know, of spending time with God to really separate that part of your mind that, hey, I don't have to check out every, you know, girl I see. I don't have to uh, hmm. almost be in this predator mode to where I'm like, you know, Right. Who's who's the next target kind of deal? So I think there were some good things that were passed along, but then there was also some things that weren't, um, yeah, so great. So um, yeah, counter question for you, Andrew. I've known you for uh, a long time now, and I think uh, one of the things that don't get addressed when it comes to masculinity is emotions and uh, feelings. You know, like I think we're right. taught as men to more so suppress those and not be vulnerable in those moments. And uh, if you know Andrew, he's not much of an emotional guy. He doesn't cry too much i mean if you dig deeper you'll find those things but i think uh, not everybody gets to see them so i think it'd be cool to hear from you on uh how has that shaped your life you know like uh i know your dad as a papa was a great man but he was a very manly man you know and i think right some of those things get passed down and then how has it been for you interacting with your boys and um relating to them without 
almost being overbearing as a man and not having feelings and emotions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think um, my dad, I think my dad actually was a very emotional person, but maybe because of the way that he was raised, he, he did not express it uh, very often. Or if he did express emotion, it was usually anger. And that, that I don't want that to sound wrong. Like he didn't, <laughs> it wasn't like he was an angry person, oh. but when you did see emotion, you know, you'd probably done something wrong and, and he was maybe rightly upset. And so you would see those, uh, that, that emotion of anger. Um, but there wasn't as much in the way of expressing, uh, affection, mm -hmm. you know, overtly expressing affection. I, I never doubted that my dad, uh, loved us, loved us kids. So that was communicate. He somehow he communicated it, but it wasn't, it wasn't explicitly emotional. And then I think by, by temperament, I, I tend to be a less uh, emotionally expressive person anyways. So yeah, I think combined, those were, um, you know, my dad not necessarily showing that for when I was growing up and then my own tendency mm -hmm. not to, to be that way um, has presented some challenges for me as a dad, you know. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're challenges that I'm aware of, so I, I try to purposely um communicate you know even if i am not someone who's going to to cry or or even like lo lose control of laughter like i, I rarely just let, <laughs> let myself go <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so um yeah but i think that's another one i think just expressing emotions yeah. you, know, yeah. you know real men don't cry that kind of thing and i think i probably had some of that growing up um as as a challenge you know mm -hmm. in terms of trying to figure out well is that really true mm -hmm about um about being a man so yeah yeah i've heard a quote that says that a man is a powerful and passionate uh with self-control you know because without self-control he's like a barbarian you know it's almost just right. a madman you know and i think that's true like m as men we have to present both like we have to be powerful we have to be passionate but when you combine that with self-control i think you get some of the best forms of masculinity there are you know so yeah. um Especially, you see it all throughout Jesus' life. Uh, Jesus was no pushover. He was by no means intimidated by men. Uh, there was no fear of men in him, uh, even um, to his death. Like, uh, he was right. not afraid. Uh, one of my favorite Bible passages is when, in John chapter uh, 18, when they were looking for Jesus and it was coming for him. Um, it says, Jesus, knowing all these things were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, whom do you seek? You know, so like when they came to that moment, <laughs> he didn't back down, like he went forward. Yeah. And I think that's a great example for us, man. But like, yeah, he had self-control. So when Peter lost it, cutting off people's ears and stuff like Jesus did, you know, he kept, uh, he kept in the will of the father, you know? So how do we, how do we have these things like power and, and passion, but also combine it with self-control so that we're not, um. Yeah, going off the deep end. Yeah, Proverbs sixteen thirty two. It's actually a verse that I wanted to mention in this conversation, but it says it's it's better um, it's better to be patient than powerful. It is better to win control over yourself than over an entire city. And I do think you know that hmm. idea of self control is is so important for us in becoming uh, masculine in the biblical sense because it's the ultimate challenge you know, we are, you know, wild at heart, you know, men are created to, to conquer. Um, we are created physically larger. There, there's, there's a desire to compete and to excel mm -hmm. and to dominate. Like those things are, are sort of wired into us. Mm -hmm. And so self-control 
is the starting point of again bringing order to those to those things and then directing them towards you know god's purposes so mm-hmm. um man self-control is a is a big one well maybe we can kind of shift from there keith into maybe some practical tips either around this idea of yeah. uh, building self-control mm-hmm. or um are, are there some practical things that we could leave with our our listeners around how to cultivate more of a biblical masculinity in their lives yeah yeah for sure i think um going back to that proverb we talked through earlier proverbs 18 about not isolating yourself yeah i think that's huge um you know we can't go at this thing alone you know i'm reminded of ecclesiastes chapter 4 where it says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor and if one of them falls down the, the other can pick them up it actually goes on to say like pity or a woe to the person who falls and has no one to pick him up so um yeah, I, I think that's one of my biggest encouragements is that, yeah, we're not meant to go through this alone. Like, don't, don't suffer in silence. Don't battle in silence. Like, don't, don't battle on your own because Jesus uh, doesn't want us to go at this thing alone. So two truly are better than one, you know. So if you have uh, a man in your life that you trust and that you really want to lean on, like, you're going to push each other. You know, you're going to be there to pick each other up. And uh, I think practically speaking, just don't get isolated. The enemy wants to seek and kill and destroy and devour. And uh, when we're by ourselves, it's a lot it's a lot easier to do so. But if we're rolling in deep and we got the numbers, you know, um, I think it matters. So uh, practically, yeah, just identify the men in your life that you really want to um, run this weight race with, you know, and, and stick by their side and really uh, go deep in those relationships. Yeah, I think that's a great one around the idea of finding some peers that, mm-hmm. that share your values and, and also want to live into the fullness of what God has called us to be as men. Another one is to look for an older man who's sort of walked that path, whose life that you admire and that you would like to learn from and emulate. And and sometimes people can feel like, well, I don't know anyone like that. And that, that can be really true. Um, but you can pray and you can ask God to, to bring an older mentor or even just an older example, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe this isn't someone who's going to be able to directly invest into your life. But, but, uh, Hebrews 13, seven tells us to, to remember our leaders, those who spoke the word of God to us and considering the outcome of their way of life, imitate their faith. Mm. And so that's something that we should all be doing. And I think as men, we should specifically be looking for godly men who are 20, 30 years ahead of us and and consider the outcome of their way of life. They've got a track Mm. record that's gone one way or the other. And if it's something that that you admire, then try to learn from them. What what did they do Mm -hmm. when they were your age? How How did they develop themselves to become the men that God is, has made them to be. Hmm. So that's another practical tip that I would say is pray for and look for a godly older man to learn from. It may be someone you already know, be purposeful about initiating that relationship and, and asking questions to learn from that person. Um, yeah, don't, don't go it alone either way. Like mm-hmm. either as mm-hmm. not having your squad <clears throat> yeah. or, you know, not having the person that you're looking up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I like that, Andrew, a lot and uh, transitioning a little bit. I think one of the things I've struggled with throughout this COVID thing, uh, this whole virus thing, has been just staying active, you know, and uh, I know that's really important. One of my favorite things uh, as a kid was to uh, test out 
the men's strength, you know? So when they did arm wrestling or when they used to flex, you know, like I just want to like, like fill them and be like, man, like, yeah, I think there is something to being, you know, uh, a strong. So at the end of that verse in Corinthians says, be strong. And like, obviously I know it's talking about in a spiritual sense, but I do think that, um, yeah, kids, you know, they want to know their, their dad's power. Like they want to know that they feel safe and that they feel protected, you know? So, uh, yeah, if you've been slacking like me, this is a rebuke to me and to you. Like, let's get on it because, uh, yeah, God has given us this temple and uh, we have to take care of it, you know? So when those moments arise, when we do have to step up physically, uh, and that can be in a spiritual way too, like we're ready for it. Like, yeah. Well, that, that's another tip that I would um, leave, especially to the young men, but, but even middle-aged men like myself, you know, I, I love that verse from, from uh, Luke two fifty two that Jesus kept increasing, mm, he kept increasing. Mm -hmm. That's good. In wisdom and in stature in favor with God and men. Yep. And so a practical tip would be, um, what are some, some simple challenges that you can give yourself in those four areas of life? Mm -hmm. Um, wisdom, stature, favor with God, your spiritual life, favor with men, mm. your social life. Mm. So, you know, wisdom could be, is there a book out there that you want to read that's going to help you develop uh, mentally, you know, self-improvement, um, stature, you know, how can you begin to, mm. to get your physical life under control, which could be exercise. It could also be um, abstaining. So we, we talk about the difference between self-discipline and self-control. Right both are essential for us as, as people, as disciples, you know, self-discipline is making yourself do something that you don't want to do because you know, it's good for you mm -hmm. or, you know, it's right. That's self-discipline. Self-control is choosing not to do something mm. that you really want to do because you know, it's not healthy or it's not going to be good for you or it's not right. So that stature, you know, what, what are some ways that you can either push yourself or abstain from something that's unhealthy? And then in favor with God, you know, what are some spiritual goals that you can cultivate? Because all of that is actually, you know, developing self-control and growing is a huge part of, of biblical masculinity. Mm. And again, it starts with us. You know, you have to win control over yourself before God is going to send you out into the world. And maybe that's the last thing we could, we could touch on, Keith, is um, this idea that God is looking for men. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite verse that kind of captures that? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot right oh, now. Oh, man. Yeah, God why, is looking for men. Why don't you think I'll share? Uh, there's one that we finished our article with, but mm. I put it in there. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, just, yeah, like the, God uses individual men, whether it's, you know, Joseph, Moses, David, Daniel, you know. So, and uh, John, the book of John starts off with, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, like one individual man. So, uh, yeah, that you see that all throughout the Bible. So God wants to use us like he wants to use you. So uh, just know that that's not something that should be underplayed. Like God wants to use. He wants to work in the lives of individual men. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whoever you are out there listening to this as, as a young man or maybe even as a middle aged man, you know, your life is very important. It's very valuable. And God is looking for you know, one man who will actually step up and, and become the kind of person that he's called him to be. And the one that we used was out of Ezekiel twenty two thirty, where God said that he searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand mm -hmm. in the gap uh, on behalf of the land. I think it's the same today that you know, it's not that we have to change every society's concept of masculinity, that that's not the point of this 
episode or what we're trying to do. Um, but if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer of the scriptures and of God's design for masculinity, then it's, it's really on you to take ownership of that and to cultivate um, and grow into the fullness of what God wants you to be as a man and as a man of God. Well, I, I hope that folks have, um, have some thoughts on this topic. Would love to hear them in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you've got feedback for us, if you're listening to it on the podcast, we always read your emails. You can send them um, to info at intotheharvest.org. Ladies, I know some of you have actually stuck with us and listened to this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank this, you. this is great because, you know, you've got men in your life or you may be a mother of, of a young boy. Um, you know, boys, men are different than women. They need to, to grow into God's design for them. Um, we are going to have a conversation next week. Abigail will have a guest on and she'll be talking about biblical womanhood so don't feel left out hey, hey. keith and i will not be here next week <laughs> uh, but we will be listening and learning along with the rest of you guys so thanks again for uh, joining us for this show um, if you haven't already make sure that you do subscribe make sure if this vi video was valuable that you click on the like button it helps more people see it and we'll talk to you guys next time see you thanks for being part of our community if you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.